You're listening to the Employment Rights Online podcast, where we discuss everything employment rights and the job. Hi there. We hope you are using your employment rights to get the answers you need to challenge unfair treatment at work. This week, we take another look at unfair dismissals after an employment tribunal delivered a damning decision to a company for failure to follow their own sickness absence procedures and then deciding to terminate the employment of a staff member. And the key point that we want to bring to your attention in this week's podcast episode is that it does not matter if you are the worst performing worker in the company. It simply does not matter when it comes to the employer's responsibilities to exercise fairness during any disciplinary procedure. Because your employment rights are very clear here that even if you are the worst performing worker in the company, you still have a right to be treated fairly when disciplinary action is taken against you. And in this week's episode, we use a case study to demonstrate how this duty works in practice. The company is Jaguar Land Rover, or JLR, a long-standing company with many years of employee and HR practices. The employee in question was a long-standing employee with the company, having worked for JLR for over 20 years. It was alleged that from 1999, when the employee commenced his employment, until he was dismissed in December 2018, it was alleged that the employee had missed 808 shifts due to sickness absence, which had cost the company almost £96,000 in sick pay. And to put the dismissal into context, the dismissal took place at a time when JLR was struggling and it was the view of a particular JLR manager who did the dismissing that every person and every penny counts. Now, there are a few things that the employer did not account for during the employee's dismissal process. Firstly, the employee had suffered work-related injuries, which one might argue would hold a somewhat different status than the kind of skiving sick days most employers believe their staff to be guilty of. Nevertheless, The missed shifts were added to the missing shift total. Secondly, the employee had suffered an alleged assault at work, which had also cost him time off work. That time off was also added to the missing shift total. 
And finally, the employee's attendance at work was frustrated by a health condition, which resulted in the employee being away from work for a period of five continuous months, and it rendered the employee disabled under the Equalities Act which therefore required the employer to make reasonable adjustments for him, for him to be able to continue in his work. The shift absences resulting from this extended sickness period were also added to the total number of missed shifts. So it seemed like this last period of ill health for the employee was the final crux which pushed the employer over the edge. And after the employee returned to work from his extended sick leave, he had a return to work interview where it was agreed he should be trialled in several different jobs under the pretext of supporting him to remain working with the company. A sort of quasi-reasonable adjustments. But none of the jobs were suitable for the employee and this seems to have created an air of frustration at JLR. But the key thing to note here is that JLR at no time between the employee starting his employment with JLR in 1999 until the employee returned to work from extended sick leave in 2018. At no time had JLR managed the employee's sickness under the company's absence management policy, even though those policies existed and those policies were live. To then make matters worse, the employee needed to attend a hospital appointment, which was linked to his disability, and he requested holiday leave to do this, which was then denied by the employer. So the employee took the day off sick. When the employee returned to work, an investigation was launched during which the employee was described as having the worst absence record the company had ever seen. During the course of the investigation, the employee was finally dismissed after over 20 years service for conduct and capability reasons. Remember, conduct is to do with behaviour in this instance, the fact that he had taken the day off sick when he was meant to be at work after being denied annual leave and capability, which is about your ability to do your job. With the thinking here being that if after returning from sick leave, he isn't able to fit into any jobs or he's had extended sick leave periods, then he's unable to do his job for capability reasons. So the employee is dismissed and then he appeals against the dismissal and he does this not once but twice and lost both appeals before finally deciding to bring his case to an employment tribunal. At tribunal, the crux of the case rested on the employer demonstrating what had been done since 1999 to manage the employee's sickness absence given that this had been cited as a reason for the dismissal. And the conclusion reached by the tribunal was that despite the employee having the worst sickness record at JLR, 
the employee had been unfairly dismissed because the employer had failed to manage the employee's sickness absence using its own absence management policy and instead had chosen to go straight to an employment review of the employee's work, which then led to the dismissal. Because of this, the tribunal found that the likely real reason for dismissing the employee was the general frustration of managers at JLR who likely felt that the employee had a poor attitude to work. The tribunal also found that JLR could offer no good reason throughout the employment review process, which justified why it was reasonable to treat the employee in this way. Finally, the tribunal found that the employer had failed to make necessary reasonable adjustments to address the employee's work-related needs given that the employee was now defined as disabled under the Equalities Act 2010. So the moral of this case is that even if you have a poor performance or a poor capability record with your employer and your employer decides to take action against you to remedy the situation, your employer is still required to follow its own performance and capability procedures, which are both disciplinary processes to ensure you are treated fairly during the disciplinary process. And those procedures must be followed all the time, not just at the end when disciplinary and dismissal is in sight. Following company procedures is also the best way for a company to provide evidence of your misconduct and the reasonableness of any sanction which is made against you. Because an employment tribunal will expect your employer to demonstrate how the chosen sanction falls within the band of reasonable responses the employer can take. And in the case of JLR, This is where the case was lost because the tribunal felt that if the employer could not evidence any actions taken to support the employee to improve his sickness absence record, it just could not be right that the employee should then be dismissed for that sickness record. You miss 808 shifts, but no one says anything about it to you over almost a 20-year period. And then only at the point of dismissal are those missing shifts used as a reason to evidence that you're not a good worker. The tribunal said this was not a reasonable response. Now, if you want more information about the duty of employers to choose reasonable sanctions against you when you're being disciplined, you can re-listen to episode 90 of the podcast where we provide more information about this particular issue. On a final note, it's important to remember that the employer was not wrong for wanting to discipline the employee because of the impact of his sickness record on his capability to do his job. That wasn't wrong. 
What was wrong, however, was the way in which the employer chose to take action. And the tribunal has to consider this fact in any remedy or compensation awarded to the employee. And what that means is that the tribunal is saying that any reasonable employer would want to discipline an employee who had taken that much sick leave. And JLR was not wrong for wanting to discipline the employee and also had grounds to do so. And in this particular case, the tribunal has already signalled that had the employer done everything right, the employee could have been dismissed because of his sickness record. And on that basis, the employee must bear some contributory fault for his own dismissal, meaning the employee has contributed to his own situation of finding himself dismissed. And indeed, the case law here states that where the employee's action or actions caused or contributed to any extent to the dismissal, the compensatory award shall be reduced by such proportion as is just and equitable. This case law is better known as a Polky deduction and it's named after an employee's tribunal case called Polky versus AE Dayton Services Limited in 1987 where this type of deduction was first made and you'll find this case law in section 123.6 of the Employment Rights Act 1996. And in effect, what this element of contributory fault actually means is that the tribunal will make a deduction from any compensation you are awarded to highlight the fact that as an employee, you've contributed to your own dismissal. And in the case of this employee who worked for JLR until he was dismissed, that deduction can range from deducting nothing from his compensation to deducting 100% of the compensation awarded to the employee. And what that means is that there is a real potential for the employee in this case to be awarded nothing if the tribunal believes he contributed 100% to his own dismissal because of his sickness absence record and any other actions the employee took which were considered as contributing to the decision to dismiss him from his job. And remember, this employee decided to take a day off sick after he was refused annual leave to go to a hospital appointment. And that's it for this week. The takeaways from this week are that even if you are the worst worker in the company, your employer still has a duty to treat you fairly when dealing with a disciplinary process to address your performance or capability failings. A failure to do so 
can mean that any dismissal you suffer as a result of your employer not following a fair policy or procedure could be judged to be unfair and in fact could be judged to be procedurally unfair. And in addition here, there is a need to be aware of the counterbalance to a finding of procedural unfairness which leads to your dismissal, thereby making your dismissal unfair. And that counterbalance is that you could still lose a proportion or all of your compensation for being unfairly dismissed if the tribunal believes that you contributed to your own dismissal. Remember to check the show notes for links to the episode mentioned in this podcast and for more information about how we can support you. Until next week, have a great Employment Rights Week. Bye for now.